Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm Sam Newell, your host, and it is my goal to educate you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. I interview the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they have learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become my goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. Thanks so much for jumping on my show. I've got the background, the BYU Cougar background up, because Jared hey, is a uh, sports announcer and the voice of the BYU Cougars. Thanks for jumping on, man. Thanks. I, I'm happy to be on the uh, podcast, Sam. We go back a ways. Let's say, what, 12 years we were in a class at BYU together? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you know uh, Matt and Tony Cook. Mm-hmm. So he was a, a buddy, a roommate of mine. And then I didn't yeah, know we took that religion class. What's that? I didn't know Matt was a roommate of yours. That's he was awesome. a mission companion. Wow. Yeah. So that's how I know them. He was a mission companion. My first uh, and only, or I had two white mission companions in Peru. So my only American. And uh, yeah, we were tight and that's why we became roommates and went to BYU together. He, he actually inspired me to go to BYU. He's the reason I went to BYU. Really? I was supposed to go to the Air Force Academy and become an Air Force fighter pilot. Well, wow. That would have been an amazing career as well. Yeah, that's cool, man. Would have been fun. But but yeah, so you know Tony. She kind of was in the same major as you, right? Yes. And we worked together at BYU TV for, I think, two years. And she was awesome. She was so good. We'd call her one take Tony. Just took one time for her to record something and move on. So yeah, I I didn't do that so, cool. so tell us what you do. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and just give us a quick 30-second or two-minute, whatever you want, overview of, of Jerem's life. Yeah, I'm a sports broadcaster at BYU TV. I've been there for 14 years, which is pretty wild from when I started as a student to now. Mm-hmm. Currently, I'm a play-by-play a studio co-host on BYU Sports Nation, our daily show at 10 a.m. Mountain Time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And I'm a sideline reporter as well and a producer, produced four different shows uh, recently, I guess five or six, but any, anyway, the coaches shows with Mark Pope and Clarence mm-hmm. Take and the pre and post game shows. And there used to be a show called true blue, which was weekly. I produced that. So it's been a fun experience. I, I showed up wanting to do sports radio. I've been mostly on TV, although BYU sports nation on the radio now mm-hmm. that's been awesome. And, and that's been a ton of fun. I, have just wanted to do Cougar sports for a long time. And uh, it's fun to be one of the people. Eventually I'd like to replace Gregor Bell when he's done. He's not going to be done for a while. Greg is fully aware of this ambition and has been since (laughs) we met 20 years ago uh, when I was 16, kind of asked him how he got into it. And it's fun to be working with Greg. He's in a different hall, just right around the corner from me. And we chat every day, which is pretty, pretty fun for me. That's cool, man. Sounds like you're doing your dream job. That's, that's really neat. Yes. I'm it's listen, I'd be happy if I did this the rest of my life, but I'm, I mean, I'm kind of waiting till Greg's done and hoping that uh, I could be the next guy. That's awesome, man. Well, I, I think you're probably right in line. So, so did it start 20 years ago then, or when did this desire to, was it just sports casting or, I mean, was it BYU specific? When I was really little, it wasn't BYU. It wasn't until I I, I started to really love BYU when I was, I was kind of seven or eight. Um, living in Portland, Oregon as a kid, age two to 11, had limited access to kind of broadcasting. Like 
the kids nowadays can be a BYU fan anywhere in the world and watch right. every game live in HD. And it's very different, right? But like general sports, I, I love the Blazers growing up. I remember riding out play by play when I was six. <laughs> Eventually I get to uh, Utah as a 11 year old and I start going to BYU games in person more. My first game was actually BYU at UCLA in 91, tight at senior year and BYU lost that. Ooh. But it was kind of fun that I went to a tight Emmer game. Yeah. I didn't even know about Cougar Stadium at the time. You know, eventually I end up going to every BYU Utah game, Homer Road, 95 to, you know, 2012, uh, minus my mission. I'm just, I'm just all in. And uh, it was, it was amazing. So yeah, it evolved into, oh, BYU. Oh, Paul James. This guy's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm reading his book, Cougar Tales, for a second time right now, by the way. Really entertaining. And then, oh, Gregor Bell takes over and I, introduced myself to Greg and I got to meet Paul and I was like, Hey, this seems really fun. And then I got to BYU and did the broadcast program and got a job at BYU TV. And I've been calling my own games. I guess men's volleyball is kind of my main gig. I've been doing for 12 years and that's been so fun. And we've played the men's volleyball team, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're constantly top five. Yep. Like this year, BYU was, they, they had just gone to number one Hawaii and, Beat them in three and then lost in five dramatically in extras by two. Mm-hmm. The second match. And they were the new number one in both polls. And it was going to be amazing. Maybe they win the national championship. And all of this happened. So yeah. that was a bummer. But Coronavirus. It, it's, been a fun, it's been a fun run. And it's still going and it evolves. And I'm given a ton of opportunity to kind of be creative. And I, I want to be like the Bill Simmons of BYU TV, if you will. Meaning... Yeah. Oh, all these ideas. Yeah, let's do a 30 for 30. Yeah, let's do the ringer. Yeah, let's. So I've been given a lot of um, creative leeway, I guess, to express nice. ideas. And I, I really appreciate that from our uh, leadership. Well, and you're really good at what you do. I've heard a lot of your stuff. And oh, thank great. you. So that, that's fun for you, man. I mean, I didn't really know what I wanted to do for years and years. And I've just been in this. I know I want to invest. I know I want to do real estate. It was I was going to be an Air Force fighter pilot until I was 23 really 22 is when I kind of decided not to do that. Cause even though I was going to BYU, I was still on the ROTC or, you know, trying to still pursue that route. So kind of jealous of someone who, I mean, you've been at it since you were a kid. I mean, that, that's really neat. And I feel really lucky because yeah, most people, I mean, it takes forever to figure out what do I love and what can I make money off? Of? Like if you can merge those two worlds, then you're in business, uh, literally, right? And right. so, yeah, no, no, it takes forever for a lot of people. I feel fortunate that, I mean, the only thing I could really control in this whole process was, okay, I'm going to work hard and be ready when someone gives me a chance. That's and awesome. I was really lucky that kind of timing has been extremely beneficial for me. And I feel lucky that way. But I also feel like luck rewards the prepared. The, the unprepared are naturally unlucky. Mm-hmm. So I, I just feel like, you know what, I could have you know gone elsewhere and needed to do that but i've been fortunate i guess to to stay here and i've had this experience well that's awesome and i love what you said the the luck or you know fortune i can't talk right now people who are prepared are can can get very very lucky and when we talk about real estate you know the main goal of this podcast is to help people learn how to be recession proof but if we take it a step further than that how do you enter a recession licking your chops like hey i know there's going to be a good deal i've got this money set aside i know how to do a deal i know how to analyze the deal and you know warren buffett you know he made insane amounts of money 
lending money to to Goldman Sachs in the last recession. And, you know, there, there's so many examples. I've had so many people on the show who were ready, prepared, and feel very, very lucky to have taken advantage of the last downturn. And then I've got people who weren't prepared who lost $50 million. You know, literally that's like one of the second people that will air on this podcast is a guy who lost 50 million in 2008. You know, I I bought when I was going to BYU, I bought my first flip in Provo in West Provo, actually over by where Tony and Matt lived before they left. Got lucky, but I was prepared, had a, had a business plan, had the money. And anyways, let's go back to BYU. My dad played football for BYU. Can you pull up that screen? Show it really quick. yeah. Yeah. Bob Newell. I was impressed about how quick you pulled that up. Yeah, from Seattle, Washington, 6'6", 250, 79 to 80. Then he got hurt. He tells crazy stories about Jim lineman. McMahon. What's that? A 250-pound offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I think times were different back then, right? Like, now you got to be like 300, 325. You got to be at least 290. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez, but he's crazy athletic, man. Like you talk about old man strength. I hope he listens to this and laughs because <laughs> we were fishing once and our boat had an issue. He literally just picked the boat up and I'm like, what the heck? Like he's got this old, I mean, when he was, he got up to 300 pounds eventually after uh, kind of not exercising much. And uh, when I was a kid, I remember this giant dad just two hand dunking it, just throwing it down playing basketball still so crazy athletic so what I noticed going to BYU is I was pretty dang athletic maybe could have walked onto the football team if I was really lucky but there's a difference between a good high school athlete and premier college athletes they are so much more athletic it's crazy yeah it's 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 insane it's great yeah it's nuts so played basketball in the RB with a bunch of the basketball players on and football players. Harvey Young played with him quite a bit. Harvey's a good player. <laughs> I played pickup with Harvey. He's awesome. Yeah. He is good. Um, I'm trying to remember who else. Who's the Brazilian guy on the uh, basketball team 10 years ago? 10 years ago? Oh, my gosh. Fernando Malaman? Was that him? No, he's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, Anyways. But yeah, they're, they're so athletic. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But, well, tell me about – so you went to BYU – we took this amazing religion class. Not all of my listeners know what BYU is all about. We don't have multiple wives. We don't teach that anymore. You know, that's been dead for 200 years. For me, BYU was a really good place to get an education that's really cheap because it's funded by our church. And the amazing part was the world and religion history classes that I took that were just amazing. And, and uh, you and I took a really fun one together. It was awesome. And before I talk about that class, I took an Islam and the gospel class. And that was one of my favorite classes because I thought, I don't know anything about yeah. that religion. And I learned so much and I have so much respect for them. You know, that was a great class. I wish we would have taken that. I took a, I think it was a U.S. religion history class from the, it started like 1800s through today. So that was kind of the same thing. Really, it finally understood these other religions and really, really cool class. Yeah. I don't want to be accused of being naive. So that was yeah. one of my goals. It's like, yeah, I, listen. I moved to Utah. I've lived in Utah. I want to know more, you know, and, and I felt like I got a good experience in that. So we took a Doctrine and Covenants class, some church history there. And it was so cool because we took a uh, week-long trip to some of the uh, sites of yeah. the, the church history. We started by flying into Boston during the World Series when they were playing the Rockies, <laughs> by the way. I remember that being like, oh, we're in Boston. 
we go up to Vermont and, you know, see where Joseph Smith was born and, you know, where the church kind of went, Pennsylvania and, and uh, Palmyra, New York and Kirtland, Ohio. And we flew out of Cleveland back home. But it was so fun because we got to know each other really well. And uh, it was, it was awesome. And it was pretty cheap. I think they asked us what, it was, for a thousand bucks? No, it was $720 or something. It, it was under a thousand. It was crazy. That was, that was awesome. And, you know, to ha- that was a meaningful experience. And it was, it was cool to go on a field trip, you know, with, with our class. And that was really fun. And uh, that's where we got to first meet. And that trip was cool. That was a cool trip. It was my favorite class at BYU, I think, because you, you got to go on a trip with a professor who is an expert in these church history sites. And you and I were just talking about my good friend who I just interviewed for the podcast, Blair, who has a PhD on um, the Jerusalem area, basically Palestine. And he does trips every year. So I can't wait to go on a trip with him because it's so much more meaningful when you can actually understand the background. And, and our trip back east was was amazing. It it was life-changing. It, it was really, really neat. But so tell me. I remember, can I tell you? A, yeah, a yeah, go ahead. Story? Okay, so so Joseph Smith, you know, was born in Sharon, Vermont, but he ends up living in New Hampshire, and he has surgery on his leg. It's like this famous story, right, in, in yeah. church history. He has surgery on his leg, and it's really traumatic when he's, when he's young. So, so we're, we're driving, we're driving down some, I, I don't even remember what city we were in, in New Hampshire. There's not that many. It's small, right? Right. And we, we're turning this corner and he gets, our teacher gets on the mic and he goes, do you see that KFC over there? That's where Joseph Smith's uh, house was where he had the surgery. And we were all like, chick, 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 chick. <laughs> KFC. <laughs> <laughs> like, Let's get a bucket of chicken. Nice. That's funny. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah, that is funny. The KFC with Joseph Smith. <laughs> yeah, we should buy it. I think the church should buy it. <laughs> You're like, sorry, I know you want one chicken. We got a historical moment. We got to move this fried chicken place. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So so you graduated what year? In 2000, 2009. 2009. Uh, yep, shortly thereafter. And you've been doing this the whole time I mean, and traveling with teams. You now do rugby. You do, I mean, you do all sorts of different stuff. So tell me about that. But before you do, you said something really interesting about the 1983 football team. So tell me about what your uh, thoughts are there. And, and if you don't want to divulge too much because you've got a show coming out, that's fine. But, but tell me a little bit about that. No, 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 Sam. We're good at teases, promos. You know, <laughs> we get you to watch. Um, on BYU Sports Nation, again, our show at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, BYU TV, BYU Radio Weekdays, we are uh, going to do a new series of shows called, on occasion called The Reviewables. So we're going to go back and look at a season, a game, a player, and so on. So we are going to tackle the 1983 season. Now, everyone feels like the 84 season is by far the best team in BYU history, right? They won the national championship. They were number mm-hmm. one. They were the last non-Power 5 team to win a national championship, by the way. It's been that long. Wow. I didn't realize Spencer, that. Yeah, no one else has done it. Spencer and I are going to make the argument, albeit somewhat sacrilegious in Cougar lore, <laughs> that the 83 team – might be the best team in BYU history. We're going we're gonna to discuss that because they did some things that were pretty unique in terms of who Steve Young was as a quarterback. Obviously, he becomes a pro football Hall of Famer later. Right. Uh, Gordon Hudson at tight end. Two consensus All-Americans. Mm-hmm. The schedule was tough compared to 84. So we're going we're gonna to break that down, and that will be coming out in May on okay. BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, looking awesome. forward to that. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I'll have to share that with my dad because like I told you earlier, when he was there, he said Steve Young was just kind of a, 
young third, fourth, fifth, sixth string quarterback that was a little bit cocky and and then turned out to be this amazing quarterback, obviously, but has some crazy stories about Jim McMahon and, and how, oh, of course, and, and playing for Lavelle, you know, playing for Lavelle, also the Whittinghams, you know, Whittingham was crazy. Here's a crazy story. My step grandpa baptized Kyle Whittingham. Really? Yeah. Your step grandpa. Yep. They were neighbors huh. and uh, Whittingham's dad didn't, for some reason, feel like he should do it and asked my grandpa to do it. Well, there so, you go. And my dad said they were the smallest, but toughest and scariest dudes to be on a football field with. Yes. No, Kyle and, and Terry, I think, right? And dad, mm-hmm. Fred. And yeah, no, th- no, those are some tough suckers. Fred, yeah. Kyle Whittingham is an all whack first team linebacker, middle linebacker. Like mm-hmm. he is a tough sucker. In yep. fact, we've had several earthquakes in the Salt Lake County area over the past few weeks. And people right. keep joking around. Tell Kyle Whittingham to stop flexing. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he still he says he works out every day. Dude, he yeah he he's would be. I mean, how old is the oh. guy? He's got to be 58, oh. 59, 60. Yes, he'd kick the crap out of me at any age. He is yeah. like I'm. I'm nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm hoping my my little boy gets uh, some of my dad's and my brother-in-law's genes because my brother-in-law played left tackle for Kyle Whittingham at the U. Mm. And funny what, story. What's, my, what's that? What's his name? David Astle. He never actually played. He was uh, more interested in school. So he didn't, I don't know, coaches want you to basically focus on football. And he didn't want to do that because he's an engineer, but um, 6'6", 300 pounds, really talented, really, really athletic. So I'm hoping my boy Liam gets some of that and not my 6'4", can't break 190 pounds frame. (laughs) Doesn't, doesn't go well with football. These that's, days. A, that's a volleyball frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd never played volleyball, so I don't know. Probably should have. But but yeah, my first BYU football game I think I ever watched, I watched from the psychology building at the University of Utah where my dad was getting his PhD in psychology. And uh, someone, I think we had binoculars or something, and you could just look right into Rice Eccles Stadium. <laughs> and uh, James Dye was killing us. That's all I really remember about that game. I don't know how old I was, probably seven or eight years old. But my next game, it was uh, BYU versus Rice. We slaughtered them. I went on my mission, came back, and then John Beck was quarterback. And that season was amazing. And, and it, it capped off with – finds his guy touchdown mm-hmm. hitting Johnny Harleen in the end zone after time expired. So that's been fun. And then I had season tickets and I, I know BYU football's in the family and uh, I love it, but let's talk about what, what you want to talk about. Do you have any, you've got a, you've got volleyball, you've got rugby. What else do you have going on? All the sports, I guess, with BYU sports nation, which is fun. We cover the whole athletic department, but yeah, football, men's basketball, and then anything that's compelling. I mean, lately it's been these Twitter polls because there's no games, you know, and we've always been winning those, which has been fun. That mob mentality, it happened to the Mormons back in the day, and now the Mormons are doing it on Twitter. That's kind of how I see it. Excuse me, the Church of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, Yeah, looking ahead to football, I mean, we're all kind of hoping this this, uh, can be wrangled in an effective and meaningful way that saves lives. Right. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can have sports back. I, I think that's been a big societal topic that the sports haters or, or under players have 
recognize, oh, sports does play a major role in our society. It's a it's a it money does. maker. It's an entertainer. It's destination viewing. Like uh, Sunday night, there's going to be this Chicago Bulls documentary. It's, it's mm-hmm. like going to be the most viewed thing on ESPN in a long time because right. we don't have games and uh, we don't have a ton. You know, and the NFL draft is going to be big. So, yeah, right now we're we're the challenge every day for us is okay. What compelling content can we bring to the table with no games? Right. And not surprisingly, because we do this every summer, we're live all year round on weekdays, minus like five or six days, mm-hmm. is there's stuff that goes on and there's opinions to be had and there's right. things to look forward to. And right now, this is an era of there are things to look back to that we can revisit and rehash and rediscover in a meaningful way. So it's been, it's been enlightening uh, to see what is it that we care about right now? What can we entertain ourselves with? And unfortunately, yeah, you mentioned the, the BYU part. So I'm the voice of the Utah Warriors. It's a professional rugby team here as well, Major League Rugby, in the third year of the league. And their season, they played three or four games. And in the fourth game, the Warriors beat the back-to-back defending champs on their field in wow. overtime, essentially. And it was very exciting. And then, boom, the season ends next week. Oh. And it's Thursday, and I'm going to call our first home game on Friday in Harriman at Science mm-hmm. Bank Stadium, and I'm hearing everything that's going around, and I'm like, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. There's no way we're playing. You yeah. know? And, and we're preparing for maybe we're playing with no fans, and I didn't even prep my play-by-play board with all my info. I, I didn't even prep it, and we didn't play, and I was like, oh, man. That's rough. Such a bummer for those guys, too. Yeah. And, and that, that's been a thing that's been hard is, shoot, I didn't realize how many people's jobs depended on the ability to interact societally, right? Obviously, that makes sense now. But when this first happened, I wasn't thinking, gosh, the word furlough is going to be a curse word Yeah. You know, for, for a lot of families. Yeah. Um, so, so what you're doing with this podcast is interesting of, hey, we're in a recession right. due to the virus. And how do you avoid that and whatnot? So, yeah, I feel fortunate to still have employment and uh, still kind of do what I love. And I my heart goes out to those that do not because there's a lot of freelancers in sports broadcasting Yeah, that uh, depend on locally the jazz games, Real Salt Lake, BYU, Utah, um, the Utah Warriors and so on. So that's, it's, that can be tough. It's tough, man. I have a good friend who's in California. He's a broadcaster and he's part-time real estate, but his love just like you is, is broadcasting. And he's, basically can't sell real estate and he can't announce right now because for me and, and most realtors we can we're we're an essential business but good luck trying to get people to go by right now so it's, it's just crazy for him but one of the questions you know coronavirus is crazy my podcast is all about teaching people how to get ready for the next recession so it's an interesting time to launch this and it's going to be kind of a case study to see all the people i've already interviewed Everything was looking amazing over the last 12 months as I did my interviews. I'm going to re-interview everyone again in the next 60 to 90 days. And hopefully they're all doing well and they haven't been hit too hard and they've got some good lessons for us. But I have a feeling there'll be a few that got hit really hard. But one of the questions I wanted to ask you and talk to you about that I'm, I enjoy uh, watching the NFL. I have a team that's the 49ers. That's who I love. My dad was at BYU. We can still be, we can still be friends. <laughs> we can still be friends. I like, Hey, I like the Seahawks actually. They're Pete Carroll and uh, their quarterback is probably my favorite quarterback in, in the NFL, by the way. Yeah. yeah he's, yeah. 
I just think he's the most creative. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd take him. But so in the NFL, we've got a bunch of BYU Cougars winning Super Bowls, and it's awesome. And it's almost all defensive. You know, like yep. we've got Fred Warner who played in the Super Bowl, who was playing against Sorensen, who's on the Chiefs. Then we have Kyle Van Noy. Who else do we have? I and mean, we've had a bunch in the in the Super Bowl and just in the NFL recently, doing really really well. Yeah, uh, Ziggy Ansah was with the Seahawks. That's right. Uh, yep, Michael Davis with the Chargers. Harvey Longy and and Corbin and Bronson Kafusi are all on the Jets now. That's right. Uh, Forgot about Sione Takitaki with the Browns. Just he, thinking. he may not get a chance at a Super Bowl with that team, but we'll, I we'll think see. the NFL doesn't even <laughs> allow them. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've been. They're just not even allowed in the playoffs ever. <laughs> yeah, they they can't. See, here's the sad thing. So the Browns have made the NFL playoffs more recently than the Mariners have made the playoffs. Oh, it's, see, I'm a big Mariners fan, and that's I know. I just every season I'm like, well, we're gonna tough. be good until last <laughs> month before playoffs, till September, and we're probably not gonna make the playoffs. Yeah. And you know, when the Astros cheating scandal came out, I thought, oh yeah, that's why we didn't win the division. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason. That's the reason. <laughs> yep. Not because we stink. That's funny. Well, hey, I really appreciate you being on the podcast, man. I re- I'm looking forward to hear about that 83 football team. Any any other creative projects you guys you guys are working on that yeah. you want to talk about? Sure. We've been doing a bunch of play by replays. So basically, we've been getting you know some players and coaches in six feet apart and uh, <laughs> looking at old games. So mm-hmm. yesterday we recorded uh, the Tennessee football game this year. Yeah. With, uh, Simon, Brady Christensen, and Kalani Satake. Some nice. real insightful stuff into that double overtime dramatic win, right? Micah Simon's four-yard catch with 10 seconds left in the game. I mean, so we're, we're planning on doing more of those. We did a Gonzaga game, a recap with uh, Jake nice. Tulson, Yola Childs, and Mark Pope. Yeah. That's on the VOA TV app on demand right now, which is pretty cool. So, we're, yeah, we're looking at filling the void. We, we figure we're the BYU Sports Grocery Store. Like, they got to be in there stocking the shelves and, and the social distancing in a, in a safe way. And, and we are as well. We got to get our essential sports information. Exactly. Exactly. We're Very the essential nice. oils of, we're the <laughs> lavender of, uh, <laughs> of essential oils. That's funny. And uh, those people, by the way, I, I think a lot of those people are struggling right now as well. Cause some of everyone those, in sales, oh right? My gosh, it's yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. It's tough. Well, here's the cool thing about me doing what I'm doing. I've been traveling to these different cities like Cincinnati and Atlanta and uh, Tampa. And so I go to, you know, look at these investment properties and I'm like, oh, yeah, there, there's an NBA game. Nice, nice. Or there's a baseball game or is there, there's a football game. And I was really bummed because I was supposed to be in a few different cities over the next couple of months and I was going to hit some cool NBA playoff games. And I'm like, not only do I not to go to get, get to go to the games, there's no NBA playoffs to watch. There's no March Madness to watch. It's been driving me nuts. So I'm hoping this, this gets over soon. But let's see. I think that's all the questions I really had for you. One, one last thing I wanted to bring up. So we've got this huge rivalry, rivalry between University of Utah and BYU. For people outside of Utah, is it really that big of a rivalry? To BYU fan and Utah fans, or are you saying anyone that's not in the state? No, just just so that those people can understand a little bit better. To you, is it that big of a rivalry? It is a massive rivalry. 
And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why it's the most unique rivalry in college sports. Okay. What other rivalry has a religious component? (laughs) No, nobody else, right? Right. BYU, the the official, you know, flag carrying University of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Yep. A a quote unquote missionary tool. A university with a rich history with a Heisman, a national championship, Doak Walker for best running back, best lineman, the Outland, uh, and so on and so forth. Against Utah, founded by the same guy, by the way, Brigham Young in 1850, mm-hmm. 1875 for Brigham Young Academy, later university. And Utah has plenty of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but it's, but it's perceived as being a different type of member of the church, right? right? And that's not actually true, but that's how it's seen. Mm-hmm. And they go head to head, and now it's Utah and the Pac-12, and they're just in this way better situation, financially, physically, except they're lowering their capacity in their men's basketball stadium as of today, which is funny. Yeah, against BYU, the holier than thou, the the we're better than you kind of perception. Right? That angle, those angles, the history, the the rancor, the physicality, the streaks for BYU dominating during one era and Utah currently on a nine game win streak. I mean, that is, that is some compelling freaking stuff. And it is, it is awesome. I love it. And the feelings are rich and they're split families. My stepdad's Utah guy. And I told my mom, I was like, but he likes Utah. Can you really marry him? You know, (laughs) like, like that element of it is so interesting. It's the most unique ever in college sports. Yeah. And, and you'll lose friends. I mean, people will fight each other over this stuff. I mean, I, I play basketball. Do you know an Adam chase, by the way? No, he does. Uh, he does marketing, does a lot of stuff with BYU sports, but we play basketball in Alpine and there's guys that like, you can't even talk to them during rivalry week. Like they will oh, yeah. punch you in the face. And I'm like, <laughs> so, so I'm from Boise and I'm more of a Boise state fan than a BYU fan, but I went to BYU. So I, I'm less into the rival, rivalry as, as a lot of people because of that. But, you know, I, I'm kind of the guy that I like to rile people up. And I did it a couple of times for a couple of years. And, man, I think I lost a couple of friends. These guys are serious. They want to take your head off if you talk bad about Utah or if you talk bad about, bad about BYU during rivalry week. Even the rest of the year, it's bad. But specifically, if we're playing each other this week, let, you know, if you want to fight, go go tell someone Utah sucks, you know. and be ready to, to throw down. Yeah, there, there's a reason I live in South Utah County. <laughs> so, I can, so I can be in cougar country. And there's right? a reason I'm in Lehigh because I'm, you know, Lauren went to University of Utah. Her brother played for University of yep. Utah and we're a house it's divided for sure. Neutral, neutral ground, exactly. Yep, for exactly. sure. No, it's fun. It is fun. And I hope we get to play uh, football this year. I'm sure we will be able to, but good luck, man. And hopefully you get to, I mean, I'm sure what you're doing is fun, but I'm sure you'd rather also be uh, doing some, some sports casting and actual announcing of sports, sports games. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll get there. There, we'll, yeah, there are more important things to play at the moment, but yeah, we'll, we'll get there. All good. We'll play awesome. again. We'll be going to games and we'll be cheering and there'll be dramatic moments and terrible losses and there'll be people punching each other in the face again over rivalries and probably, uh, emotionally punching in the face on Twitter or something, you know? Yeah. We'll we'll be there again. We'll be there again. Yep. Cool, man. Well, I'm going to press record. Thank you so much. Lastly, just one last time announce where people can find your, your media, your content, your, 
if it's Twitter, if it's Instagram, where do you want people to reach out and listen to your content? Yeah, we have free apps, BYU TV and BYU Radio. You can follow me on social media at Jerem Jordan, J-A-R-O-M, Jordan like Michael. And yeah, and enjoy enjoy the BYU sports content. And and we have some people that are Boise State fans, Gonzaga fans that listen to the show. They say they enjoy it. I, I believe them for some reason. And yeah, so, so check it out. Awesome, man. Okay, thanks a bunch, buddy. Thanks, Sam. Go Cougars. Go Cougars.